when you think about your nipples and, and this baby going to be sucking on them all the time, I think it's a little bit scary for some parents. So the thought that they can get a cracked nipple or can have a scab on their nipple is a pretty awful thought. And then if it actually does happen, it really can play with their, play with the mum's heads a little bit and they, they get quite upset thinking that this is going to be like this forever or this is how breastfeeding feels forever. And it is often a very temporary issue, but very, very important to get onto quickly. Welcome to Breastfeeding with ABA, a new podcast brought to you by volunteers from the Australian Breastfeeding Association. Breastfeeding with ABA is a podcast about breastfeeding made by parents for parents. We are recording this podcast in different parts of Australia. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we are recording and on which you are listening to this podcast. We pay our respects to elders, past, present and emerging, and to any Aboriginal people who are listening today. We also acknowledge Aboriginal women who have breastfed their babies and raised their families up on this country for thousands of years. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about cracked and damaged nipples. It's one of the most common helpline calls that we get and many new mums are really keen to get it sorted out straight away because it can be quite painful to have cracked and damaged nipples. My name is Nicole Bridges. I'm a breastfeeding counsellor with the Australian Breastfeeding Association and Community Educator. And I'm here today with Simone Casey. Hi, Simone. Hi, Nicole. I'm Simone. I'm a breastfeeding counsellor with the Australian Breastfeeding Association, like you, and also an international board certified lactation consultant. So thanks for being here today, Simone. It will be really fantastic to draw on your professional knowledge as well as your knowledge as an ABA volunteer. So essentially, cracked and damaged nipples usually become that way most of the time because the baby isn't actually correctly attached to the breast. Probably heard of lots of other reasons. Have you heard of other reasons, perhaps, Simone, why some people think that there might be damage to the nipple? Oh, yeah, I hear all of them. A lot of people tell me that their nipples are damaged or cracked because the baby is feeding so often, which can be more worrisome for the mum if they are feeding a lot. And also if it's painful, that makes them sort of go, oh, I don't want to feed anymore because it's, it's hurting so much. Overuse of the nipples isn't really a reason. It's if the attachment is incorrect. So uh, I do. Because my babies were feeding so frequently that if that were the case, I would be really, really in trouble. Yeah, that's right. So it's not overuse. And also you hear all these funny stories that if you've got red hair or fair skin, you might have very sensitive skin and then they're very sore, which isn't usually the case either. So there's lots of sort of myths, I guess, about why you might get a cracked or sore nipple. And almost always it'll, it'll go back to that whole thing you were talking about with the positioning and attachment. How the, the nipples actually crack in the first place. It's when that the nipple isn't far enough back in the baby's mouth. So we're talking about the, the hard palate and the soft palate. And the hard palate is the roof of the mouth and the soft palate's beyond that. And the nipple has to stretch to get into that part. And then if it doesn't, it rubs along that hard palate and that's the friction that causes the crack. So mm-hmm. it is almost always yeah. deeper attachment that we need to do to get that nipple far back. Yeah, and it literally can be only one millimetre deeper, which is what makes the difference. So it can be really the most subtle and minute change that makes a world of difference for a mum as well. 
Yeah, and often I'll, I'll watch a mum attach and it, it actually visibly looks okay, but it's still hurting her. You'll sort of see where the baby's mouth is and maybe where their areola is and then we'll work and we'll get a bit of a deeper one and I'll say to them, Do you, I reckon that's only two millimetres different and she'll go, yeah, it feels way better. So speaking of which, how does a mum know if her baby is attached correctly? What does it feel like for her? What does it look like from her perspective? Yeah, so often I say if the baby is well attached, you can feel a sort of a pull or a vacuum feeling with the baby's, the nipple is in the baby's mouth, but it shouldn't pinch or feel painful or sore while they're doing that or stabbing pains or anything like that. It really should be just a, a bit of a pull and that's it and, and hopefully fairly comfortable. Okay. Lots of mothers come to us or call us on Helpline saying that they've got, you know, recurrent issues with painful attachment, but they spoke to a healthcare professional and they said it looked okay, so it must be okay. But that's actually not the, always the case. And I think we should really emphasise that mums should trust their own instincts. And if it doesn't feel okay, ask someone else for help. Keep asking for help until you find someone who will believe you and will give you the help that you need because it shouldn't yeah. And it's, we shouldn't have to put up with that ongoing pain. No, that's right. I also say to mums, don't expect perfection straight away. You're both learning together, you and, the, and your baby. And then if we can't get it 100% correctly instantly, you know, it's, it's like a, a person in a new job. You're not going to get it right the first week or the second week or maybe in a month you still made a couple of mistakes. So sometimes it is a work in progress a little bit. We don't want toe curling pain every single time you attach. But sometimes I ask mums to do a bit of a pain scale. And so if it's, you know, really that horrible pain, you might say it's 9 or 10 out of 10. But if we wait 10 seconds into the feed and the nipple's stretched in the back of the mouth and actually it drops back and then they go, oh, that's a 6 out of 10 and actually now it's a 4. And then if we can improve and improve with the attachment, we might get it down to a 2. But if they, if they try to get better than a 2, they might find that they're reattaching and reattaching and reattaching and that's not that's not going to be great at that time. So maybe accepting a two out of ten just for a couple of days until you can improve a little bit more. So yeah. that's why I sort of comes to use that pain scale as well sometimes and that really helps so that they're not going to attach even if they just feel the slightest bit of pain, whereas at least if it's a lot better than what it was before, we're chipping away and getting better. Absolutely. They're all good points. You are listening to Breastfeeding with ABA. My name is Jamie and I am a volunteer breastfeeding counsellor with the Australian Breastfeeding Association. I became involved with the ABA when I was pregnant with my first baby and attended a breastfeeding education class. I took away a foundational breastfeeding 101 and knew I would always have somewhere to turn for help. I attended my first group meeting before my daughter's arrival and knew I had found a group of mothers who would help me through the ups and downs of both breastfeeding and motherhood. The ongoing support I have received as a mother of three children and a volunteer is second to none. The friends I have met through the ABA continue to encourage and motivate me to give back to mothers. To find out more about ABA's face-to-face -face breastfeeding education classes or Breastfeeding Education Live interactive webinars, visit breastfeeding.asn.au forward slash classes.
And what are your thoughts on nipple creams, Simone? I know that sometimes they can provide some short-term relief, but my understanding is what can end up happening is the nipple is kept too moist for too long, and that can actually help promote infection, which, of course, we want to avoid. Yeah, that's right. And I have seen mums that have got thrush and other types of bacterial infections from having very soggy nipples, as I call them, from yeah, overuse of creams. And sometimes you can buy all sorts of little aloe vera gel pads and lots of little sort of moistening things that you can put on the, the nipples that don't necessarily help long term. Yeah, that's good to know. The other thing people can usually tell is if babies detach from the breast and they look at the nipple, there can be quite a like a lot compression stripe along the end of the nipple and that's a sign that, that has, the baby hasn't been on well as okay. well. So those are sort of things to look out for. But just working on getting that positioning attachment right is usually the main, main thing. But most of the time when the mums can't get the attachment right, almost always when I watch them, they haven't got the baby close enough to the breast. So they really need to assume that chest-to-chest position and a lot of mums will just hold the baby in line with their chest and, I, and I'll just really point out, I, I shouldn't be able to get my hand between that baby and your chest. The baby needs to be very much pressed to your chest so that that gives them the, op- the best opportunity to get close enough to the breast to have a good latch. Sometimes their hands are in the way and they've sort of got their hands folded across their chest and, think, you know, the mums do find the hands get in the way a lot and that's probably because they're taking such a long time to try and attach. Yeah. The baby's desperate crawl to the breast so those sorts of things can happen too so getting that baby really really close to the chest can help them to calm down a bit to know that they're there but also to get close enough so that their mouth and chin and everything are all going to get it line up and get into the right spot yeah because I know it's really important to get that chin nice and deep into the breast as well so that the baby is tipping their head back in that ideal position so that they can drink the milk too I often talk a lot about chins when I'm helping mums to to attach because I think they focus on the nipple and the baby's lips. And all the time what we need to do is press the baby very close, making sure the chin is the first point of contact with the breast, which in turn makes the baby's head tip back, as you said. And then when the head's tipped back, you can give, you know, a little bit of a push between the shoulder blades or a bit of a roll towards you so that then the, the baby's mouth goes up and over the nipple. Yeah, all good points. So how can a mum tell when things are actually improving, when what she's doing is working? I think that for one thing, the pain should be starting to improve. So if your baby is attached well, then you're going to feel that pull sensation and not the the nipple cracking and the nipple sort of soreness. So I'd just like to thank you again, Simone, for having a chat to me today. I think this kind of information, it's really basic but extremely important information for new mums because, as we said at the beginning, it's one of the most common helpline calls. It's one of the, I think it's also antenatally, one of the things that parents are most afraid of. Yeah, I think when when you think about soft nipples and, and this baby going to be sucking on them all the time, I think it's a little bit scary for some parents. So the thought that they can get a cracked nipple or can have a scab on their nipple is a pretty awful thought. And then if it actually does happen, it really can play with their, play with the mum's heads a little bit and they, they get quite upset thinking that this is going to be like this forever or this is how breastfeeding feels forever. And it is often a very temporary issue, but very, very important to get onto quickly and usually needing some one-on-one help with that. And that might be a feeding clinic in your area or something like that as well. 
Most of the time, cracked and sore nipples are caused by issues with positioning and attachment. You can speak to an ABA breastfeeding counsellor, your child health nurse, a midwife or a lactation consultant to help improve positioning and attachment. But every now and then, the issue is something else like an infection or dermatitis on your nipples, maybe a tongue tie in your baby or issues with using a breast pump in the wrong way. So if you think there might be something medical going on or you need help with pain relief or things are healing really slowly, make sure you speak to your health professional. But here are a few things you can try while your nipples are healing. Before you feed your baby, Keep in mind that you can offer a feed before your baby starts crying. So look out for earlier signs that your baby might be ready for a feed. Things like turning their head and rooting around to try to find the breast or sucking on their hands. Get into a nice comfortable position and relax as much as you can. Some people find it helpful to take some slow relaxing breaths. Gently massaging your breasts and using a warm compress can help get your milk flowing. And you can also hand express some milk to soften the areola. Some things that you can try during feeds are things like offering the less sore side first and trying different feeding positions. Focus on improving position and attachment. If you need help with this, you can call our breastfeeding helpline. So that's 1-800-MUM-TO-MUM or 1-800-686-268. If positioning and attachment isn't feeling quite right and it's a bit painful, one option is to take your baby off the breast and start again. So gently break the suction by putting a clean finger into the corner of your baby's mouth, then take them off the breast. But you can also try changing the position before you take them off to see if it helps. So pull your baby in nice and close to your body and try leaning back a little bit to see if it feels any better. Some mums do choose to take a break from feeding from the sore breast for 12 to 24 hours to rest the nipple and let the healing start. So if you want to give this a try, you can express breast milk to feed your baby. This will also help to keep you comfortable and to maintain your supply. A lot of people find that in this situation, hand expressing is easier than using a pump because it means you can avoid more damage to your nipples. You can find information on feeding express breast milk to your baby on our website. So that also includes information on how to feed your baby from a cup. And some people also decide to limit the amount of comfort feeding their baby does while their nipples are recovering. After feeds, have a look and check out your nipples and see if there's any sign of stress there. So things like red stripes or a little white line across the end of your nipple or a squashed look. So I sometimes say that a squash nipple can look a bit like a fresh lipstick. So if that's happening to you, it could be a sign that you need some help with positioning and attachment. After a feed, you can also express a few drops of milk and smear that on your nipples. But make sure you speak to your health professional before you use any other creams or ointments on your nipples, just to make sure that it's the right choice for you. You can also gently wash your nipples once a day with a mild soap and warm water, so like in the shower, and this can help to prevent any infections from forming. So there's just a few things that you can try if you're having issues with sore and cracked nipples.
So I think it's really all important as well for mums to understand where they can go for additional help and resources. So I'll just quickly run through a few of those now. Of course, first and foremost, the Australian Breastfeeding Association's Breastfeeding Helpline is operating free of charge, 24-7, and that's 1-800-686-268. So sometimes it's really good as a first port of call to just actually touch base with a breastfeeding counsellor and talk things through because often if you are having repeated issues with cracked and damaged nipples, there might be some hints and tips that that counsellor can provide to you to just help you get things on the way. We also have lots of amazing resources on our website. It's always a great idea to start with to perhaps pop in the search bar cracked nipples and that will find you lots of results but there are three information sheets in particular I'm thinking of. There's one called attachment to the breast, another called sore and cracked nipples and a third one called nipple infections. So these would be quite pertinent for today's topic and of course we also sell a booklet through our e-store called breast and nipple care which is of course designed specifically for this topic too. We also have live chat. I'm not quite sure if everyone's aware of that. It's a fairly new service we've started in the last Last year or so. At the moment, it's currently operating on weeknights from 8 to 10 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. And it's a great place where you can just type in your quick query onto our website and a community educator can also point you in the right direction of resources. So if you are having a little bit of trouble finding those resources on our website, perhaps popping on between those hours on a weeknight, you could be connected with a community educator who can help you and also identify if you might need to speak to a counsellor as well. So if they identify that your problem perhaps needs a little bit more one-on-one help, they'll also refer you on to the helpline. So that's also really a great service. And finally, I guess, if mums are feeling that they've resolved their attachment, but they still have ongoing breast and nipple pain that isn't resolved, then it's always a good idea at that point for parents to contact their health professional lactation consultant and get extra help that way because sometimes there might be an infection present that might need additional antibiotic treatment. Well, thank you very much, Simone. It's been lovely chatting to you today. Yeah, lovely chatting to you. Do you like what you've heard? Please rate, review and subscribe to Breastfeeding with ABA. We'd love it if you would share this podcast with all of your friends and family and help us to reach more families. As volunteers with the Australian Breastfeeding Association, we follow a code of ethics that guides us online and in person. To maintain our relationships with health providers, we refrain from identifying practitioners and clinics. To keep things neutral, we interact respectfully and non-politically. To honour each other's privacy, we uphold confidentiality. You can learn more about our code of ethics on our website at breastfeeding.asn.au.